This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence. And this is a good one because I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence. Today, I have on Mr. Zach Gold. Now, this is kind of a special. I want to let you guys know um, this is a special podcast. And the fact that you probably you didn't get the opening music like you normally did, you don't get all the sound effects and all that because This is kind of impromptu. Like we just decided to do this about five or six hours ago. And so I want to bring immediately on Mr. Mr. Zach Gold from GNN Insurance. Zach, how are you doing? I'm awesome. Great. I know you are. I know you're great. You're always good. You're great like that three-point jump shot you got. (laughs) I see that. I follow you on that Facebook stories. I love that stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you you played a lot when you were in school, I, I assume, when you were younger. A lot, but I couldn't hit a jump shot then, and it's still kind of iffy now, so it's okay. That's, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. That's uh, that's good stuff, man. I love that. I love watching that stuff. Um, so, Zach, dude, you and I were talking. You know, We're boys. We hang. We're in the industry. We're all around. You called me and said, Cass, I got some news. Really kind of uh, made me say, wow. I mean, I'm excited for you. Really excited for you and your vision. Um, and you and I talked about it. And before we got off the phone, because keep in mind, loyal listeners, if you're listening to this, this is November 4th. This call happened at 8 o'clock this morning, Central Standard Time, where Zach and I were discussing. And uh, we decided, hey, let's do this. Let's make it into a podcast. And so here we are. And Zach, I think about an hour, hour and a half ago, I saw some stuff come through with a big announcement, which is such an awesome step for you. I'm excited. A big announcement uh, for you and Matt and GNN Insurance. So welcome to the podcast, man. And then whenever you're ready, kind of tell us what happened. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it, man. Um, you know, I, I, like you said, I reached out to you. You're someone in the industry I, I, I trust. I think you got just a great voice for our channel. You're a thought leader. And I wanted to give you a heads up because we made a big decision and I wanted to be crystal clear of our why. And I didn't want you to just, you know, find out on Facebook per se. And um, what we uh, what we decided to do is we decided to really partner with a much, much larger firm called The Hill Group. And they're an insurance agency out of Virginia. Um, they acquire, they're a top 10 growing insurance agency. They have, you know, over two, 300 million under management. Um, and they're amazing. Now, I know uh, how this is met in the independent agent channel, which is why I'm so excited to talk about it. But before I even begin... I want to make this clear. This is not an advertisement for anyone listening to do what we've done. What we've done, and you'll hear throughout this podcast, was because of what Matt and I wanted to do and where we saw our lives going and where we what we wanted to propel for the next 10 years. This is certainly not an advertisement for anybody who owns an independent agency to do what I've done. Do you. Do whatever you want to do. This was our path. This is our journey. And we're 
excited about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we look at it as we brought on a partner because Matt and I just really aren't good at the finances. We don't want to manage payroll. We don't want to look through this whole thing. And how I look at it is I look a lot towards Zappos and what's, what, it's a company I admire and many insurance agents and business owners across the country admire them. And that Tony who runs it is just he's a weird duck. He's got an interesting way of looking at things and his culture is awesome. The product is great. But he brought on Amazon as a partner. And it's not because finances were bad. It's not because he wanted to change everything. It's not because he needed bigger benefits. Amazon solved a really big problem for him. And he got to really focus on what matters most to him, which is culture, literally happiness. That's what Zappos is all about. We're bringing on the Hill Group so Matt and I can focus on what we love to do, which is growth. We want to grow. We want to be next 10 years. We want to be so much bigger than the last 10 years. And this partner gives us a chance to do it. That's exciting, dude. That's exciting. And let me, let's get right to it though. So was it a merger? Was it a sale? I mean, how exactly is it looking? Yeah, it's a great question. So we, Matt and I own 0% of GNN now. We, we are employees of the Hill Group and we are employees just like everybody else on our team. And there's something scary about that, but there's also something super exciting about that and that we're all in. I, I have to get this to the finish line and I have to keep going. And that to me is really interesting because I look at Hilb as a contributor to GNN. I don't necessarily look at them as an owner. And I think that's why this might be successful. I know the stats. I know 70 to 80% of acquisitions fail. I know. I'm very clear on that. But I'm going to look at them as a contributor to what GNN is doing and what's so special about our mission. I'm not going to look at them as an owner. And I think that's part of the reason why we're going to be I successful. I like that. I like that a lot. So that, that gives a clear vision. And you talked about, I mean, I mean, what does your staff say about this? What are, what are they thinking? I mean, if you obviously you've released it to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did not want to be a Facebook. Uh, we had an all hands meeting on Wednesday. Uh, we met with the leadership team uh, the Friday before, and it was strategically done the way the leadership team's got to know. They got to carry the mission, the vision with us. The leadership team is uh, head of employee services, sales, and service. So it's three other people with Matt and I. And we, we strategized how to do it, and we came up with a plan, and Matt and I had an all-hands meeting with everybody, and we told them straight to our face what's happening and why. I didn't want an email. It was super inconvenient for some people, but they all got there. We did our thing. And afterwards, we had a Halloween party. Like I gave all hands speech in a Spider-Man onesie, which is different. Uh, so I, th- I think I'm, well, I'm, de- I'm definitely the only person to announce the sale of his company in a Spider-Man onesie, probably ever. And Matt, uh, Matt had a unicorn um, mask on. You know, like, this is just, this is who we are. We're not going to change who we are. You know, I'm not going to get in front of my company in a suit. That's just not me. And we talked openly about the great things. We also talked about the things we don't know. This might not be perfect. But you know what? Neither was Tuesday. Neither was five Fridays ago. You know, things happen. And as long as we keep following what we're trying to do and accomplish our mission and vision, I don't care who owns a bank account. I don't. It doesn't matter. Man, man, I love that. I love that. And you know, the thing about it is, is like you sometimes say to yourself, like, before I die, I want to do one thing in the world 
that no one has done. Maybe, maybe you don't think this, loyal listeners. Maybe you don't think this, Zach. But I, I have like, what could I do? I remember I was talking to my friend who he owns a, a lodge, a Babakin Bay up in. Uh, it's a resort thing up in the um, uh, up in Canada, way up in there. And they they're out in the middle of nowhere. Like literally, I thought to myself, I could get off the boat, I could walk onto the land, and I could touch a tree that like no one has ever touched. Right? Like it hasn't ever seen it. And you actually did that. You told your company you were selling them and you were in a Superman or a Spider-Man onesie yeah. and he had a unicorn on his head. No one's ever done that. I mean, there no one has ever done that. You staked your claim. You and Matt did it right there, dude. I will tell you when – now, the Spider-Man onesie, the reason I got it is because my son, Mason, is super into Spider-Man. I don't know why or how. We don't even watch it at home. I don't know how he knows it. But, You're not backing out of this, dude. You're not backing out of this, no, dude. You're no, in no. a Spider-Man onesie. Yeah. I mean, so he's in it. And he's getting ready for like his thing. And I was going to surprise him that night because he had the parade. I was going to wear the Spider-Man, pick him up, daycare, yada, yada. And I put it on in the morning and my wife, KG, looks at me and says – you're not going to wear that when you address your company, are you? And I was like, now I'm definitely going to. Like, I was, I was like, I was borderline before. <laughs> but because like you looked at it and you were like, this is a really bad idea. I said, you know what? Like, this is also what makes us unique and different in that we're, we're part of the right. crew. My whole team dressed up. Every single person was in a crazy costume. What am I going to get up in front of the jeans and a button down and say, hey, guys, you're now employees of somebody else now? No way. No way. I'm not doing that. So did you have any, were there any employees that kind of had an inkling about this? I mean, was this something that maybe you guys taught, mentioned two, three, four months ago that, hey, we're in the possibility that if someone gives us the right number or the right vision or, or, or agrees with our why we're doing this? Or was this just, uh, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but was it that like that? How did they take it? Yeah. So every single year, Matt and I have got our company evaluated. And I don't care if you're in the market to sell your company. I just think you should do that in every business because if times are tough, you might need a loan. You might need a lot of credit. You might just want to know what you're worth for any reason, for any variety of reason. So we got it evaluated every single year and we paid for it. And that's good. And we weren't necessarily looking for a number. We would take a meeting with anybody at any given time to listen. And we've been pitched. I can't even count how many times. And it's, it's always interesting to us. I like the hunt. I like the sale process. I enjoy it. I enjoy listening. And every single style is so different. This one caught our eye. This one literally caught our eye. And we were like, huh, this one's really different. So I'm not going to say this was even the most money. This, that's not what it was about. It was about alignment. This, the Hill Group, really views entrepreneurs as entrepreneurs and wants them to continue going and go forward. We've talked to many agencies that are owned by them. They backed it up. I talked to some agencies that are owned by some other large places. They don't back up the story the same way. They're like, ah, it was kind of smoking mirrors, but I got a duffel bag of cash. That's not what I want. That's not my why. So we avoided those. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's good stuff. And, uh, and also to answer your question directly, my apologies, but we did not give a hint, hint, nudge, nudge to anyone on the team just because you have NDA signed at this point. Like you can't, you know, this deal could have fallen apart 17 times a week ago. Uh, it's, it's, it's not final till it's final. And I didn't want to do that to my team, uh, to anybody. I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even tell my mom and my sisters until very recently. It's wow. Um, unbelievable. Wow. That's a, 
That's great, dude. I'm so excited for you. So, so in Matt, um, in your guys's mind, like, did, did you have, it was this intentional? Did you have this planned to where you and Matt had a game plan three years ago, five years ago that, Hey, if we could do this and we could start really doing what we really love, we'd be interested in taking these valuations or, or is this an and, or did you not really start thinking about it until one day the phone rang and somebody says, Hey, I want to purchase you. Yeah. Great question. I mean, I, I subscribe to the Mark Cuban theory of if you open a business with an exit strategy, it's not really a business. I mean, that's like a, like such a finite mindset. I, so we did not, I knew I opened GNI with Matt not to sell it to our kids. I knew I didn't really want to, I didn't have kids at the time, but I knew I didn't want to like just transfer down and be like the Golden Namoli family agency. Like that's not really what we wanted to do. But I did start to get some pains with the operational side of running the business, meaning I kind of view Matt and I as visionaries, not as CEOs. And CEOs are much more profit-focused. They focus more on the bottom line and respect. I think those kind of people, and maybe CFOs more focused on that. Let me rephrase that. I think CFOs focus more on that, but sometimes poor CEOs focus too much on the bottom line. Matt and I would sacrifice the bottom line in order to save the people like every single day. Like we, we just, we just didn't take home money some months, but that's not the right way to run a company. That's not right. And so like we realized like, holy, like we have problems. Like why am I taking no income six years into this business? Like why, why am I on the 5,000 list and I'm worried about payroll? And it's not that I'm worried I could pay them. We have lines of credit. We have means of it. But I just mean I wasn't financially running correctly. Dude, that's awesome. Dude, it's so great. To, it's so great to hear you say that because you may have discovered this and you know this from dealing with agents like you do. Like we're all really bad business people. We just really are. And I think that that shouldn't go against who we are as IAs or who we are. That's just kind of everybody, right? Not everybody's a business person. Not everybody has that mindset. So let's just make it up and say that half of the people are, are, are business type people. I don't know if that's higher. Let's just make that up. If that's the way it is in society, then that means that's the way it is in the independent insurance industry as well. And, 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 but, but so many people now see Zach, I talk about this a lot in my podcast, the ones that I thought were going to be coming out, but this is coming out like today is those five truths of insurance. The five truths I say of insurance are a flexible schedule, financial independence, a a contributor to your community, an empire builder, and a mentor. I believe that the, that insurance can give you all five of those things or one of those things or whatever that can set you to be successful as an agency owner or to whatever you want to do outside of being an agency owner. It can give you those. And I think a lot of times, going back to what you said, a lot of times business owners can't, they don't get to, they don't get to see the glory land. They don't get to see all that they're worth because they won't admit that they're not good at something, right? And that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that they're a bad person, right? We all don't like to admit we're not good at something, but it took that you and Matt having that conversation to say, our why is bigger than us, and if we're the problem, we got to get out of the way. That's what you said. That's what you said. Got it, dude. Th- show me one person 
who is good at marketing, finance, sales, and service. Go find that person. Like, you know, I, I can't find that person. But but partnerships are shunned upon. Why? I don't get it. So Matt and I have a beautiful and will have a beautiful partnership for a long time to come. We're in this for so long. And I would argue we're more fired up about the next 10 years than we were the first 10 years. The first first 10 years was a, almost an accident. Like, you know, like we, we started GNN Insurance, but not with this vision. No way. The, the business plan's up in my closet and I can read it and it's a bunch of junk. If I accomplished the, biz- the business plan I set in 20, 2009, like – I'd, I'd still be renting in a podunk apartment. You know, like it didn't, it didn't make sense. Now, but like I'm a business major. I'm a, a specifically, I'm a finance major. That just shows you how little that matters. Like I, over the course of business, like over the course of owning a business, I realized I gravitate way closer towards culture, marketing and sales and that dynamic. And Matt does too. That's the problem. We have a beautiful partnership and we split in, uh, in we, we're one plus one equals 10, but, but we, we didn't have that finance component. And so we had an option. We could bring on a CFO and absolutely hate that person, meaning like that girl or that guy, like that person, Matt and I would probably fire at some point. You'd be like, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Okay. Or we could partner with people that we viewed as the smartest guys and gals in the room, learn from them, and then continue being entrepreneurial on our own. And we chose that path. Dude, that's fantastic. And then you have Babylon. I mean, so you yeah. have, and, and I assume that was probably part of the negotiations is, hey, we're an employee, but you understand we still do do this over here. Because I mean, that is that is something that, correct me if I'm wrong, helping other peoples in their culture and their business has probably shown you more about your own. Yeah, really great point. It's the same thing you see with AI. And what I think with Babylon, with AI, with a lot of great communities out there, whether they're paid or not paid, I, I just think helping your industry it just sharpens your pencil. You know, I just think that you, I look at it as like, man, I got to be better tomorrow because look at this gangster over here. And like, I got to help this person and they just need a tiny bit of tweaking over there. But man, once they're running, they're amazing. So I love, Matt loves doing Babylon because we really think it's a straight give. But to your point, that took a ton of explanation to my team because my team viewed Babylon as like, are you giving away all of our secrets? And, and I was like, actually in some ways, yeah. And, and I love it because the things that I'm teaching, like they helped me in that get to where we are and the things we're working on with other agencies, they're going to grow tremendously. But I look back at my team when I say that, and I said, you know, there's millions of residents in Massachusetts, millions. Like I, I, and I could, I could coach every single insurance agency in Massachusetts if it would matter. It would make all of us better. We're not, we're not. Nobody in Massachusetts that I've ever met has the same vision and mission, vision and mission. None of them. So I'm just going to help other agencies accomplish their own vision and mission, and we're all going to win. Oh, I care. I agree, man. It's so good. I don't know if um, I think that there's. I think through the history, I don't know. So I'm speaking ignorantly here. I just think through the history of the insurance, I know that the fact that there's so much caring and sharing for free to the best interest of the agents, to business, to the industry. 
I know there's always been that in this industry, but even those who have been around from the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, they'll all tell you the same thought. It's hard for them to transform their brain that they're not giving away the secret and understanding that giving away the secret is okay. I remember Marcus Sheridan used to say that that was the one thing that like give the person the secret. The secret is what's the price to the consumer. Like that's what and he hides from that and everybody hides from that. He's like, no, you don't hide from it. You know, there was the secret sauce of Mac, Mac, of uh, the Big Mac, and everybody said it was the secret sauce, but everybody could have found out that it was really just thousands, thousand island dressing, right? That's all it really, really was, right? But everybody, it was a big secret. The keeping the secret didn't make the Big Mac what it was. It everybody knew that it was Thousand Island, but it was the fact that that they they hadn't released that and let go of that and played into that. And it's and I think that's what you did is is is, is you said, hey, this is what, what we're good at. This is obviously no secret of anybody, except especially Matt and I. And then and we're going to go forward that way. And I really, really respect that. Another thing that you said, which I think you got a lot of claps and cheers out there, is to say that partnerships are bad. I've been in so many different forums and conversations where they where they down partnerships and they say, "Oh, you got to realize." And I and I and I and I laugh because to me it's coming from a guy or gal who's married. And I'm thinking it's the same thing, right? I mean, one's a business, one's the other. I mean, man, the business you can get out of <laughs> the, the wedding, I mean, the marriage you can't, right? So it's just like it's it's that thing that uh, I really I it's good to hear you say that cuz Travis and I are those. Travis and I are you and Matt. We have an unbelievable relationship. We fill each other's weaknesses and strengths and we just get it, right? We just get each other and we know where each other is dominant and we don't run over each other. And I think to myself, like I look at where I was my first five years and then I look at my last five years when he came on five years ago. I mean, it's night and day how I was able to grow. I mean, you know, it's it, 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 so right. It really and, is. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I think, you you know, there's a lot of thoughts on that. I think you brought up a lot of good points. One that I think is really interesting is this whole theory of competition. I'd love to chat a little bit more on that. Like, I, I, I love Geico. I'll be on the first person to say it. Like, I'm a fan of Geico. No problem with them. I mean, any other agent and anyone can bash them all they want. I'm glad that they're on their own personal race to the bottom. And what I mean by that is they're trying to get to be the lowest price possible. You know what? I hope they win. I hope they do. I hope they get as, I hope they, I think the worst thing you could possibly do is be a race to the bottom because you may win. They're going to do it. They're going to get that price. They're going to slash and burn, slash and burn, slash and burn. And that's okay. They have carved out their section of the market that cares about price. As independent agents, we need to stop trying to compete and nickel and dime the Geico policy to take that client. We need to matter to a select niche that we want to matter to, and they're not going to care that Geico exists. They won't. So I look at Geico, I clap my hands and say, excellent marketing. And I want to be you. Excellent marketing. And that's got my view of that. So yes, I, if I owned a restaurant, Jason, I would put the, the freaking recipes on the outside of the restaurant. I wouldn't care. Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Like I want people to know you want to put a dash of pepper, not the whole thing of pepper. Like, cause make it on your own. I know the experience in my restaurant is so good. You're going to come back. I don't care if I give you the recipes. And that's, what, that's how I view GNN insurance with Matt. I view the experience to be so good that 
I'll give away anything because I think it's worthwhile. I think you should take it and be like, this recipe needs more hot sauce and make it better. Cool. Go do. Doesn't matter to me. But and in in the second point on partnerships, I've been super loud about this in the past, but I think that partnerships work with a couple basic things. And you you talked about it on your five truths, but but in, in other things you've talked many times in the past. But man, it just takes open communication. It takes like the same a couple shared chord values, but more importantly, you have to mesh on your like your strengths finder. Meaning you have to mesh on what you really, really run towards. Not what you want to do, what you're really good at. So for a little while, like I did the CFO responsibilities just not because I'm better than Matt at it, just because it was what I had to do. And I didn't want to do that. You know, it wasn't it wasn't exciting, it wasn't fun. And you know, we we are constantly filling our weaknesses, not working on our weaknesses. I am so done working on my weaknesses. I am so done on that. Like I don't, when my wife gets up in the morning, I don't tell her everything she did wrong yesterday and just do better tomorrow. Like that is, that is awful. And, and no, that's not going to work. But nor does she do that to me. You know, we, we get mad at times, but that's not what we do. And so I'm not going to go to Matt and tell him to work on something that he's not necessarily great at. I'm going to go to Matt and look at some of his strengths and be like, dude, I got I to gotta make sure that you have enough time to work on that because that is going to propel our company tremendously forward. Who can we hire or what can I do or what can we shelve off? And that's how we've really grown GNN to where it's grown. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Wow, that's amazing. You know, it was one thing also my buddy Billy Williams uh, said to me, my mentor, he told me, he said, Jason, one of these days you're going to quit selling policies. And when you do, your agency is going to explode with growth. And I said, and I, and I said, well, I don't understand that. That doesn't make any damn sense. I ain't doing that. About a year later, he said it to me again. He said, Jason, once these days you're going to quit selling policies. And finally, when uh, uh, me and Travis, uh, Travis and I went down to Dallas, Texas to Billy Williams's Fix Your Agency Workshop. And when he was telling us this, he made us sit down and think about it because he said, he said, put this in place, do this, blah, 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 blah. Won't get detailed into it right now. But the point is we came back and put that in place. And what we sat down and we realized was is that there was one of us that needed to not be selling that's it. That's it. Now that we, we had those two or three large clients, yes, we need you to help with those still. But we need one of us needs to not be selling renewals, doing new business or anything. One of us needs to be the managing partner and the other one needs to realize that they they still need to do their part. Now, it only made sense that it was my baby and I was the one that was there. And not only that, because when we looked at our strengths and our weaknesses, it just made sense that I would be the first one. Because like when it comes to being really detailed and running the business and all those things that you hated to do, 
do as well. I'm not the greatest at those either. That's why Travis is fantastic as my business partner. But at the end of the day, he doesn't necessarily want to continue to do that the rest of his life either. So we've kind of mapped ours out. Now, one thing I want to put, I want to turn here uh, real quick in, in, in regards to this, this big announcement of yours has to do with the fact that sometimes I think we need to look at things differently. And I want you to tell me this right or wrong, expand, nail me down, whatever, is that there's different, in a way, there's two different types of agents out there. There's the agent that's going to, that says, Hey, I want to be in the insurance business. I want to have an agency, um, whether it's six man or 60, doesn't matter. Um, and person, excuse me. And I should just, I want to, I want to have this. And, and she is content and happy with being that agency owner. And then there's that other, you guys, uh, listeners and including you, Zach, you guys are going to see, there's a podcast I've already recorded that's coming out in two weeks with Josh, um, Fury. And he is an agent out of Colorado. And the whole reason why he told me Zach, he wanted to be on my podcast was what I'm talking about now. He's the other half of the agents. You're the other half of the agents. I'm the other. And he says, Jason, I love insurance, but I've come to find out that it is uh, the reason I love it is not because of it. I love it because it allows me to have the opportunity, the time and the financial freedom to do the things I really love. And I thought that that was really, really interesting because as he was saying is, is that in five, 10 years, I don't see myself running this place day to day. But at the same time, if I'm building something and I want to be a part of it, I may be a part of it. He's talking like you. I may one day sell out, but I may still be in the agency, but there's other things I, I, I truly want to do. And he had these other big, big initiatives. And I thought that was very interesting. And, and so what say you about there being maybe those two those two type is there, and maybe there's more of that. Yeah. I'm, simpl- I'm, I'm simplifying. I think that's a, that's a really interesting way to look at it. I, I look at it a, maybe a little bit in a different way in that your why is kind of already determined. You know, your why doesn't really shift. You know, you don't like all of a sudden start caring about your family. Like you either you either do or you don't. And that's okay. I don't, I don't judge. If you want to work till two in the morning and skip kids bedtime, do it. That's great. Like the, your, your why is your why. But I think when you look forward and you look at your vision, that can change. But what you're rallying behind shouldn't. Like what you're actually like going towards and what you want to do. So I guess to sum it up in a, in a different way, Insurance agencies are like almost every other business. They're super boring if it's very short goals because then you hit them and what do you do? You just reset it to make more money? Like who cares? Like what does it matter? When people post about how much premium they're trying to write in a year, I'm like, okay, good for you. Like, great. Good luck. And when when you, I hope you hit it, but then what? Do you set it, what, 10% higher next year and that's a goal? How is that fun? Like that's not, that doesn't rally your team. Your team doesn't care. Uh, so to, to your point about your guests there, if you're, if you're rallying behind a goal that's in the future, that's like a state of the company or what you're going to be doing in the community or, or, or something of that nature, that goal is bigger than your company. That's awesome. That's where, that's why I, do I love insurance? And I love the community. The, the actual physical product, I care about it, but I love like running a company with values and running towards something way more than I care about the product or service we offer. And, and so that, that to me is, is, is the, the difference. Now, you can run a company any which way, 
I just would challenge insurance agents out there, look at the companies you admire and see if see how they have a revenue goal. The companies that are like public and they have massive amounts of shareholders and they have all these other things, sure, they will list a goal they have to hit because they have a stock price that has to go up. I get it. But the team doesn't rally behind the revenue goal. No way. The team is something totally different. So stop telling your team about premium goals. Start rallying them behind something else because they don't care if your company is worth more. Anyway, sorry for the soapbox moment there, but no, no, that's absolutely right. And 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 so so in the three little lies that I've been talking about, it goes back to what uh, what the the one lie is is I'm here to help people. Like we have an obligation. We don't. We're not going to do what you just said, Zach. We're not going to find that one narrow niche of person. We're here to write insurance. We're here to help everybody. And when you have that mindset, why you're wrong is is not because everybody always wants to say, yeah, well you can't be profitable. No, 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 no. That's not why they're wrong. Why they're wrong is because the person that they're supposed to be helping, which is their team as a leader. You're supposed to be helping your team. You're not helping your team when you are trying to write everything for everybody because your team has a lot of different companies, a lot of different processes, a lot of different ways that they have to act to different types of clients. You guys are not secure in who you're, you're, you're servicing some people this way, some people that way. You have no consistent consumer uh, customer experience. And this creates a bunch of just absolute stress for your staff. Your job as an agency owner is to be taking care of that. This is the way I say it, Zach. This is me. Um, when someone says you need to work on your business or not in your business, no one ever defines what on is. Never. They never define that. So the way that I define on is, is if you're an industry, if you're an leader, uh, an agency owner out there, your job is to help is to, uh, to work. When I say hardworking on is to help the team. They need to have the processes, the workflow, the culture, the technology to be able to create a consistent customer experience. The team's job is to take care of the client. That's where a lot of leaders get going. They're trying to do everything they can to take care of the client. That's why they try to write everybody. That's not your job. Your job is to take care of the team. Now, the client even has a job. The client has a job. And the client's job, pay the bills. That's Really, that's the cycle of what I look at it when I say work on the business. So you should be working on that part. And and by by having by writing a bunch of of people, and you said another thing. I mean, you you were talking about this like the premium. They don't get excited about that. And 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 what are you doing? Setting a goal so that we can just continue to 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 write more. And I think that's important to me as a business owner and to you. But the the thing I want to latch on to that and let them know and and let people know is is that. They do believe in helping us grow, but they know at the end of the day, they do understand where, where the, who they're actually helping. And I think, as you said, if you get them to believe in that figure, that is a very shallow, ghostly objective. You know, I mean, you can see it's transparent. You, you can see right through it and it, to, to meaning I'm really needing you to help me grow this for me. It's and, and, and bleeding. Go ahead. It's fleeting in that it's over. Fleeting, good yeah, point. Because if I set a premium goal, let's say my premium goal is ten million next year in organic written business. Congratulations, Zach. Okay, great. So if we're off track in Q one, what the heck are we working for? Can't get there. It's like impossible. You know, you you got you know you gotta you gotta write probably about three million in Q one to be on track, just because things happen. You know, so. If we don't write 3 million Q1, every single person knows you're going to miss the goal. 
And then they, you know, no matter what, oh, sick days, you know, like, I don't really care. You know, it doesn't, they're not behind anything. It's just a paycheck. And we, Matt and I define niche a little differently. I wouldn't say differently, but we do, we define a little differently than I read about. Let's just say that. Do you matter? Do you matter to the people you're serving at all? And that that's kind of why you said to your own point, you can't grab all these different niches and just say like, you know, I can unsure everybody because then you matter to nobody. You don't, you know, you just don't matter. And so that, in my opinion, that's why Main Street Insurance Agency really had trouble when Geico came in. Because all of a sudden, instead of innovating and doing new things, Main Street Insurance Agency was just like, everybody's going to constantly be driving down Main Street. This will never be a problem. But then when mobile came out, all of a sudden, everyone didn't have to drive down Main Street. And then they're screwed. They don't matter. No. So instead of innovating, they waited to be kicked out. And now what they're doing is they're sitting in, et cetera, et cetera. We've been over that before. But so, yeah, Matt and I, we matter. We, we genuinely believe that if GNN insurance ceased to exist in the uh, Massachusetts insurance market, individuals who purchase real estate would not be better off. We genuinely believe we have, we have a process that helps our realtors, helps our mortgage lenders, helps our closing attorney partners, our financial advisors, et cetera. Anybody purchasing real estate in Massachusetts, we believe is better off because of GNN insurance. I would challenge insurance agents listening out there. Can you say that about your agency? Can you say that? And forget real estate. Can you say that? Do you matter to your town, to your state, to your you know, whatever? Do you matter? That's a niche. So at BrainShare, Brent Kelly brought this up and this is, you are so right. It's ridiculous, Zach. And I just want to put an asterisk on, or on, a, on a, an exclamation mark on this for you is Brett Kelly broke it down and he said there's three there's only three types of agents that are out there and he and he really did he broke this down and he's got the stats to show it and he said the bottom third and it's almost like the bottom half are what he calls quoters and floaters and those are people who will quote your insurance and they float over to this person and quote their insurance and float over that person and then there's around 20 to to 30% I believe is what it was is that are called insurance advisors and he says and those are the people you're going to love this because this, I think, is where you're going. He says, he said, those are the people that you are a trusted advisor. They look to you to say, hey, I trust that whenever I have a question, I can call him and I can ask him, right? Then the top like 5% is what he calls indispensable agents. And he asks you in the class, he will say, which one are you to your client? Are you a floater and quoter? Are you a trusted advisor? Or are you indispensable? Because indispensable means absolutely necessary to work. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. He says, here's the difference. He said, a customer calls you because they bought a piece of property a week ago, 10 days ago, five minutes ago, and they say, hey, I need to insure that. You're an insurance advisor. He said, if you want to be indispensable, they call you before they buy the property. Mm. That's good. That means that you're seen as a totally different and a totally different realm. And that's what you're creating here. That's what you're basically putting into is you're going to matter, right? Like, are we indispensable? If this stops, if GNN was not here tomorrow, would Mm. they notice? Would they even notice? You're damn right. They would. 
You're damn right. They I, I love and that's Brandon. what Actually, you're saying. You know, him and I had a 45 minute phone call, I think last month, and there was no agenda for the phone call. We just wanted to riff with each other. And we had a great conversation, talked about some books we should each read. Excellent guy. Uh, but he he's right. He's really right. And I, I like how he pointed that out. And I'll give you a different way to look at it, too. When I used to be at Liberty Mutual back in the day, ooh, scary word. Uh, but when I was at Liberty Mutual back in the day, like I would get so upset. Now, again, I was 22, 23. I would get so upset when someone would call back and be like, hey, do you guys do life insurance? Like, I need that. I'd be like, oh my God, I screwed up again. Like, how does a person not know I sell life insurance? Jason, it is in my email signature. It's on my business card, on my website. How does this person not know? You know why they didn't know? Because I don't matter. I don't matter at all to this person. Now, they might like me, but that's not mattering. If I didn't exist, the next person I live in Utah would pick up the phone and write the life insurance policy. It does not matter to them. Now, Liberty Mutual might matter. Like they might matter. They've done a great job. I, I, again, another company I don't throw shade at. They've done a great job with their brand. They, they, you know, they might matter. But they, like, there are very few people who are going to run around and say, I will never leave Liberty Mutual because of, and then do not say something price-related. Like they, there's not, there's not many people that will say that, but I think that if you truly matter to people, there's no shopping. There's no, my rate went up 10%. What are you going to do for me? It's you make that phone call in advance. So let me riff on something totally different. Actually, I see, I don't know if it was on your podcast or the people's podcast or Facebook posts or whatever, but there's constantly this debate between independent insurance agents of when a person is going to be canceling their policy because of lack of payment, do you notify them? Right. And before, yep. Yeah. And I, there are E&O issues to the moon. I've been explained to this by everybody smarter than me in the industry all day long. And you are all correct. Whoever's nodding their head and saying, no, don't do it because you could be sued. I agree. I agree. I agree. I'll tell you what. In 10 years, we called, emailed, texted, whatever, every single one of those, every single time, 100%. And I don't think we've ever missed one. And I've never been sued for that. Now, I think that I matter to my, in my clients. I think that the people who do that, I think we looked at it as like, thank you. I appreciate that. I insure with GNN insurance because of these kind of things. Now, I'm not telling someone that they have to do that in their agency. That is not the reason someone is going to insure with you. But all of those kind of things that we do at GNN Insurance makes us special because you know why, Jason? We insure people purchasing real estate. What happens when you purchase real estate? Your mailbox is full of people who are saying, you need to buy life insurance right now. Did you know that I offer lawn care services? Did you know about your backyard patio? looks like crap. The roof is going to, they get pummeled with stuff. They might miss a bill. It's okay to reach out to them and tell them it's not a big deal. So I do it. Now, in your industry that you're in, your niche, it may be a really poor decision. But that's why we need to build our businesses around our niche. That's how you build a business is you listen to what your niche has problems in and you build a business to solve those problems. Your business exists for your niche. It's a servant. 
you're, you don't just build your business to make money. That's not why you do it. Mm-mm, it's not. And I love that. And, um, you know, I, uh, man, I kind of went blank there at the very end. Cause you, cause you, you, you hit on some really good things when you were talking about, ah, uh, about, you know, about, I know I'm trying to think, gosh, dang it. I have like two things that popped into my head. No, I, it, it's just, but it's interesting to me in that realm about, about why, um, in insurance, and it could be in every single industry. I don't know, but I think in insurance agents, we should reach out to each other and find out what is working at other agencies, and that's why Bobalon exists. And we should reach out and find out what's working, not what problems somebody yes. had when they did X, Y, Z. That is, that's what it was. Yeah, that's the core yes. problem. Is I'm not going to reach out to Nick Ayers. I'm not going to reach out to Jason Cass. I'm not going to reach out to Grant Botma. I'm not going to reach out to Bradley Flowers and all these great people in the industry and say, hey. When you did X, what problems how did you uh, come into? Like, hey, Nick, when you ran YouTube ads, um, how bad was the closing rate? No, I'm not going to root out to him and ask him that. No way. Like, it's that, that, a waste of my time. I don't care. Like, what I care about is like, what what is working? Why is it working for you? And if people ask me that about why do we call our, our insurance and text and email and do all of this stuff when they are canceling, you know why? because it works for me. And my retention is probably higher than the industry average because of all of these little minor things we do. And it fits who we are at a core. Our core value is we do whatever it takes. That's one of our core values. It's not that hard to reach out to my clients and tell them that they're canceling. It's called doing whatever it takes. That's right. And it helps you matter. And that, that was, that's what you were talking about there, because that's one thing you loyal listeners and everybody listening to this, I want you to know that one of the things he said there that was so important, and it was not necessarily just doing what others have always been told you. I was told that since I've been in the industry is that, oh, you can't call the customer if they haven't made their payment or whatever. Cause if you do, if that's a one time you don't, you could be sued. And it's like, who, who came up with this? Because yes, there may be some lawsuit out there. It may have happened, but I tell you what, there's been crazier things that have probably happened that have just been one-offs, right? I mean, th- let's just be honest. But what you guys did was you said, hey, listen, if this is the niche we're going to serve and we realize that this stuff happens and they didn't see their bill or whatever's happening because they're first moving in, if that's going to be the niche we have to serve, we can't let that thing cloud. And that's just going to be a risk of the many risks we take in a day that we're going to have to just assume. And then not only that, we're taking a risk based off of what somebody else basically said, like, oh, you should do this or, oh, you should do that. And I really, really like that. And, you know, a lot of times it's kind of like the thing, um, they have it in the realtors business, uh, which is, uh, well, I have to refer out two or three people because I've been told that if I only refer out one, I'll be sued. I don't know if anybody can show me any lawsuits. I mean, they're probably out there, but I've, I've said to people, and it, you know, you know what it's like. This is what I think. This I've said this before. This is what I think it's like, Zach. It's like back in 1982, 83, 84. It was right back in there. There is a there's an article of Time Magazine or Life Time Magazine, and it's got a picture of an apple with a syringe in the side of it. Okay. And what it was was Halloween candy. And they had found out that there was all this poison and all this stuff. Do you know that Michael Moore and a couple other people did some investigating about this? And they found out that in those years and even up to year now, there has never been any report of a kid being poisoned and or dying 
due to Halloween candy. There were two reports back in the 80s, and it was both involving their own parents were the ones that gave it to their kid in the candy. This was actually something that was completely pre like uh, mentally fabricated that we then became scared of because maybe someone made some kind of implication of it. And this is the same thing as we go back to this industry. And that's what I'm always trying to do on this podcast is to get people to challenge their way of thinking. And Zach, today, that's what you've done. You've helped us understand that sometimes when we look at what our true passion is and not necessarily what we're how we're trying to make a dollar, but what is the reason why we will matter? What is the reason why we're going to do what we want to do in five to 10 years? Is it running a business? Is it really like, like taking endorsements and sales? If that's you, awesome. That's, that's it. You've got, you've got to figure it out somehow. But I want to also challenge us and make you feel uncomfortable, loyal listeners, to say 80% of you are not telling each other, you're not telling yourself the truth. You're taking an easy way out because it's residual income and you get to come and go as you want. But you're probably in an agency where there's not a lot of happy employees either because you're, live, you're living that kind of life and they're living that kind of life and there's just a lot of hassle that's going around. I think there's a lot of uh, people out there, Zach, that you are a breath of fresh air to them and you and Matt is because you have been enough to say, these are guys who are successful. They sat that aside and said, we're still going to do that, but we're going to drive towards what our why is even harder. And, and, and we're going to do that by, you know, forget your weak or double down on your, on your strengths and forget your weaknesses. You said that I'm tired of fixing my weaknesses. We're just going full blower on the strengths, man. And kudos to you, dude. Kudos to you on that. I'm so, I'm so happy. I appreciate that, man. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I, I think about when I go through this, but there's a really good story out there, and I forget who shared it, but um, it might have been Godin. I'm not sure, but he talked about uh, something Neil Armstrong said, and it's a story I'm fascinated by, just in general. Is that I think, and I know you're in the same passion that like what you focus on, you become. It's pretty simple, and. If you focus on the problems, you're going to find them. So yes, if I focused on the problems of the Hill Group being a partner of GNN and owning GNN, I'm sure I'd find them. I know I will. I know I will find them if I focus on it. But what Neil Armstrong said is he looked he looked up at the moon and he's like, I've been there. You know, he just looked up and he's like, you know, whenever you worry about things that are going on, whenever you think it's hard. Just look up at the moon and be like, there are footprints up there. I mean, that's true. dramatic. So true. But it's true. I mean, yeah, like, I'm gonna have problems with being an employee. I know it. But you know what I'm you know what Matt and I are trying to do? We're trying to put footprints on the moon in our own way. That's what we're trying to do. And I don't think we can do it alone. I didn't even think for one second to open G insurance. No, I couldn't do it alone. Matt didn't want to do N insurance. GNN exists for that reason. We couldn't do it alone. So who are we to say that we can do the next 10 years without a, without a partner? Makes no sense. We need to do something we've never done before. That partner just looks differently than another human. Even though the Supreme Court did say that a corporation is listed as a human or as a person. No, anyways. Okay, so guys, hey, I appreciate it, Zach. Um, if there's, you know, if anybody out there has anything, you know how to get Zach. How can they get a hold of you? Say hi. Talk to you about your Babylon because there's a lot of mastermind members. Yeah, that are yeah. Babylon users, and they absolutely talk about you 
and 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 Matt all the time. So where can people find out about you? Yeah, super easy. Thanks for asking. You know, Matt and I are, are very easy to reach, but you can go to www.bobble.com, bobbleon.com. But more importantly, Matt and I both have public profiles on every social media site you can find, except for probably TikTok. I don't think we're dancing, but you can you can find us anywhere, and you can DM us anytime, and we'll be open and honest with anything we can possibly answer to help you. If you're looking for problems we've had, you know, look somewhere else. If you're looking for you know solutions for how we can all grow, let's chat. You know what, Zach, I, I really do. Once again, I do appreciate you and Matt, and I appreciate all you guys do. Everybody that knows you knows that you, that you guys are good, just good dudes. You just really, truly are. And um, I, I've talked to a couple of your staff members, you know, just to kind of get the down low on you uh, and some of your mm-hmm. team members. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it, it exudes through your employees as well. So, you know, and congrats on being an Inc. Uh, top 5,000 uh, business. I mean, that's that's kudos to what you guys are doing. Your Bobble On movement is unbelievable. I, I think that I still have the best looking Bobble On. I mean, it's just kind of the way that it is. It flows from human to Bobble On. It just, it's the same thing. And, you know, that's just the way it is. But, but Zach, thank you, man. Thank you. And if anybody has any questions, you can reach out. But I think they now know after 52 minutes why you did what you did. Because we gave it and said, here's what happened. But then we went on for 45 minutes about basically everything we talked about when a nutshell described why you guys have chosen your path. And I love the way you ended it. And I, loyal listeners, don't let this fall on your deaf ears when he said, uh, the first 10 years we did it and we had to do it together who says that we don't, how, we don't need a partner again for the next 10 years? It's just sometimes you may assume that your partner may be another person. To them, it was another corporation. It was someone else who could supply their weaknesses and their strengths are actually that places the seller, the person who you're merging with, their strengths to your guys' weaknesses. So kudos to you that for that. So once again, this has been Agency Intelligence Podcast. If this is the first time you've listened to this, uh, I really greatly appreciate you having it. And I know we're probably getting a lot of listeners because everybody's curious about what was going on with GNN. But now you know those guys are pure gold and they're still here in the industry and they are journeying on. I can't wait to see where you are in 10 years, Zach. But he, Zach and Matt, they're real agents inside a real agency, GNN Insurance. And they were giving us the real agency intelligence for your agency and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. So tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass, Zach Gold. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is. To, to fix a problem, the first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go 
on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.